Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The text is taken from Joel chapter 2, verses 21 to 27. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Fear not, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness are green. The tree bears its fruit, the fig tree and vine give their full yield. Be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the latter rain as before. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is none else and my people shall never again be put to shame. This is our text. The first American Thanksgiving was celebrated by people who had come to the New World for religious freedom. And because they came for a religious purpose, they were called pilgrims, those who make a religious journey. In our desire to enjoy the pleasant picture of pilgrims and their Indian friends enjoying a meal together, we sometimes forget what made these survivors so grateful. For in their first year in the New World, half of them had starved. It made them aware of their dependence on God, and it led them to give hearty thanks for life and all that which supports it. Israel, in Joel's day, also had suffered. A locust plague had destroyed their crops and caused starvation and hardship. But the Lord spoke a word of comfort, of good news, through the prophet in our text. Fear not. Be glad, rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. At the same time, the Lord claims to be the one who made them suffer. He was the one who'd sent the locusts. What do we make of this? God in the Bible claims both to wound and to heal, to kill and to make alive which is God's real will toward his people. Today, as we observe our National Day of Thanksgiving, let us meditate on this Bible truth. God's ultimate will for us is good and is clearly seen in what gives life. Now, in the first place, human experience is ambiguous, consisting of good and evil. For the pilgrims, as for the Israelites, their experience was mixed. 
and different interpretations could be inferred from their experience. Is the glass half empty and you've been cheated out of half, or is it half full and you've been given more than you deserve? Does God fatten us up like cattle to be slaughtered? Or does he care for us as a pet to be loved and to be a companion forever? Luther and others have spoken of God's alien will. We don't understand God's will at times, and so it is alien to us. God's blessing is hidden from us in the experience. We think of Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac. Why would God demand that Abraham sacrifice the son who had been promised for so long and thereby seem to go back on his promise? Or that foreign woman who was refused aid at first by Christ. You remember the story. Christ said, I was sent to the children of Israel. It's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. That was God's alien will. It was a, a crushing blow to this woman. But she had faith. Faith to believe that Christ would help her regardless. And so she answered out of faith. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And the Lord smiled and congratulated her on her faith and gave her exactly what she wanted, the healing of her daughter. You see, it's faith that sustains us through such trials when God's will is hidden from us. Now, we've all had experiences where we are told it is somehow for our good. I remember as a child being told that working hard would be good for me. It didn't seem like it at the time. Learning math would be good for me. I sure didn't see it for years and years. Paying attention in school would be good for me. It didn't feel like it. And sitting quietly in church, little did I know that's a skill I would use for the rest of my life. Now we smile at these examples because we're all old enough to recognize our childish perspective. But even adults have trouble accepting death of a loved one, or humiliation, or the frustrations of life. We are told it is somehow for our good and we can't see it. Only faith sustains us through such dark moments and dark periods. Faith is walking by a promise and not by sight. This faith sustained the Israelites of Joel's day so they could yet believe God meant good for them even though they'd been through a year of starvation and scarcity. Or the pilgrims, that year before the first American Thanksgiving, only faith could sustain them as they saw half their number perish in the harsh winter. And Christ himself suffered through and reflected the ambiguity of human experience in his time among us. 
For he suffered humiliation as a child of an unwed mother, as a refugee, as a carpenter, eking out a living. He suffered through his rejection by leaders of his people, betrayal and denial by disciples, his conviction and torture at the hands of Jews and Romans, and finally his death with criminals and burial with strangers. All of this strangely contrasted with the grace of his words, the authority of his teaching, the comfort of his healing, and the power of his miracles, especially the triumph of his resurrection. What is God's real will through this mixture of good and bad? Defeat and triumph. God's will, his real will, is manifest and revealed in what gives life. That's why the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ is the heart and center of His life and the Christian message. Because God gives life to all believers, a life to the full, abundant life, everlasting life, life that transcends the grave. And this applies in the rest of our human experience. God's real will is revealed in what gives life. Joel's message was that God's infliction was only temporary, but his blessing is forever. So the pilgrims believe that God's affliction of the previous winter was not his last and final word. So we may be confident that God's blessings around us this day, food, family, and faith, reflect his real will his goodwill toward men, if we may anticipate the next holiday. And just as in our conflicts with loved ones, we can be sure that despite cross words, their real will is love and blessing to us, however eclipsed by sin or weakness. Above all, is God's will manifest in the death and resurrection of Christ which gives life everlasting and manifest in the forgiveness he extends to us in our weakness, our cross moments, and our moments of doubt. So celebrate God's goodwill for you this Thanksgiving day as you eat and drink and share love and pleasure in every honorable way, for these reflect God's true will life and in Christ, life to the full and everlasting life. May this assurance of God's goodwill and everlasting blessing give a special joy to this day. Amen. And now the peace of God that surpasses our understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.